This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you're listening to this podcast right now, then I'm going to assume that you would also enjoy listening to audiobooks. Whether you're interested in business, history, comedy, science fiction, or romance, Audible has thousands of titles for you to choose from. We want you to try out Audible for free, so if you head to our link, you'll get a 30-day free trial and a free book. So go to audibletrial.com slash local hustlers podcast to redeem your trial today. Again, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash local hustlers podcast. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast. East Valley locals, get connected with small businesses near you and dive deep into their stories, mindset, and motives. Entrepreneurs everywhere. Get ready to be inspired by business owners, entrepreneurs, and hustlers that you can relate to and learn from. And now, your hosts, Dallin Huso and Ridge Waldberg. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers podcast. This week, we're super excited to be here with Harp and Jazz Gill with Gill & Co. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. You? Thank you. Yo, thank you guys for being here. I'm super excited to uh, have you guys here on the show today, um, learning more about the business and also to learn a bit about you guys. So why don't you take a couple of minutes um, and introduce yourselves. Tell us a bit about you. Oh, so my name is Harp Gill. Um, that's where the name of the company be- started off from. Um, we are really excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, I'm originally from India. Um, I was born and raised in India. I moved here when I was 10 years old. Um, so I've been here quite a while. Yeah, and I'm Jazz. Um, I've been in Arizona for a year. I just moved here from Amsterdam, the wow. Netherlands. And um, yeah, I came here for Harp, actually. <laughs> we got married a year ago. And um, yeah, thank you. thank you. And we were really passionate to do something together. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so Gil is from Harp, Gil. And I'm kind of the co, I think. Yeah, <laughs> Am I? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, that's just us. Cool. Well, how did you meet? Uh... Online. We, you know, in 2015, you know, we met online. Okay. Um, so we did the long distance relationship for a while and mm-hmm. then we got engaged. Um, we got married on paper in 2018, you yeah. know, but that way we can start the process of her moving here uh-huh. and then she moved here last year. Yeah. Um, so did you ever imagine coming to to america no never like i always thought like that i was gonna stay in amsterdam Mm -hmm. and then like when i met him in 2015 it was like oh my god like i'm gonna leave my country and everything and i'm going to america and then i was like okay it's just a big step you know with everything changing and it's still a big culture shock for me Uh like the language um the people like everything you know so yeah i'm still like learning yeah yeah Mm -hmm. what were you doing back in amsterdam like for work i was working for a big um corporate bank at the recruitment department Uh and um i also graduated for my bachelor's degree back then yeah okay what did you what degree did you uh, business administration okay Mm -hmm. cool and me also like when i met her i was working for a bank as well here oh really yeah together (laughs) you know so i Obviously, quit Wells Fargo Bank where I was working uh-huh. to do the clothing company full time. But uh-huh. when we met, we were both at the bank, so we had some kind of connection there, and then that's how we started our conversation online. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's true. Yeah, that's cool. Did you guys have like similar roles within the banks you were working for? Or? No. no, actually, she had a lot more responsible role than me. <laughs> <laughs> like I was a personal banker, but she was up in the corporate level. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. And and did either of you have any plans or ideas to ever start your own business before? So, you know, uh, she mentioned that she always wanted to be in fashion. Mm-hmm. And me, we never thought we were going to be having business together. You mm-hmm. know, before, like once we got to know each other, we went our own way. She had her own small business. I started my own small business and they both, you know, didn't go well together. Uh-huh. Then, you know, when we were about to get married, I was having a hard time finding a suit to fit my body. And I wanted something unique, nothing just as something everyone can wear, like yeah. a black suit or a blue suit, you know. So after our wedding, you know, we were talking like, hey, you know, isn't it so difficult to find a tux, you know, and then that's when we started like, hey, what if we were to create a company where we let the customer be more involved, we make a suit that only fits their body, we let them pick the fabric and the lining, the colors, whatever request they have, why don't we put that request on paper and bring it to life? And that's where it all started because she's like, hey, you know, I always wanted to be in fashion and if we can do this together... I think we might have something here, you know, so we started the process. Obviously, we had a lot of ups and downs, you know, like trying to figure out, you know, where to begin the manufacturing process 
and then you know all the th- like the dots started connecting and yeah. we started interacting with the right people that got us to where we are today mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. no i love uh i love business stories and i love businesses in general that started from a problem and then figuring out a solution for mm-hmm. it. i think those end up being some of the most successful businesses so it's super cool to hear that story when you initially had that idea was it like a light bulb and it was like okay let's do this like let's start this business or was it like a slow process of talking back and forth until you kind of figured you were going to go forward i with would it? say it was kind of a slow process because we were still like kind of figuring out everything together like okay how are we gonna do it we are also looking at like other people in other countries like how are they doing it so um yeah we talked a lot about it yeah you know after we got married she went back to the netherlands and that's when you know like i had this idea in mind but i didn't say much you know and then Mm -hmm. one day you know i just told her and she's like you know what that's a great idea we should definitely start something and then while she was in the Netherlands, she started working there while I started working here on this business. Mm-hmm. So like coming up with the name, yeah. filing the LLCs, finding manufacturer. Then we started doing like twice the work, one being in Netherlands, the other one being here. I was more of the person that did a lot of the research in person here uh-huh. because we wanted to start it locally and then see if we can expand. For sure. And she did all the back end stuff on Local. the computer in the Netherlands. Yeah. Is one of you more like risk averse like going jumping for it and going all in and the other one kind of holds you back or are you kind of both a certain way we i think we're both like go all in uh-huh. um because we both had a passion for this yeah i was like hey you know at the beginning this was a hobby we never expected people to wear our product and then when people started wearing our product and the feedback is oh you're so affordable where were you when i needed you at this time <laughs> yeah or like hey like this is so unique you yeah. know we get too much attention when we wear your suit mm-hmm. yeah. and when th- we we really didn't expect that you know and now that only a year and a half into the business that we're actually getting a lot of like exposure yeah. online all the word of mouth that it's actually it feels really good you know that people wear our name proudly now that's really yeah. cool so if you don't mind sharing, you mentioned that you had both started a business before this and it mm-hmm. didn't go too well. Would you mind talking about maybe some of the mistakes or things that you learned from that business that has now helped you with, with Gill & Co? At the beginning, I started a mobile detailing company. Okay. You know, I being in Arizona, should, first thing should have been like, man, it's freaking hot. Here. <laughs> you know, but I went all in. And you know, when you start a business and it's your first business, every idea is a good idea for sure you don't you don't think twice about spending the money so i started spending money on everything you know it took one soap to wash the car i had six different soaps <laughs> you know because everybody was like hey you need to do this you need yeah. to do this so i started listening to other people mm-hmm. so the, a lot of the mistakes were like it was never on paper there wasn't really a business plan it was all in my head and i just wanted to go big real fast overnight success yeah and that's why the business wasn't successful <laughs> Yeah. And for me, um, I was doing an event decor business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a really detailed person. So and I also like to decorate even if it's at the house or at the party. So I was like, hey, I can do that. Yeah. So I ordered like a bunch of like party decor stuff. And then I figured it out when I got like customers. I was like, oh, I'm alone, you know, and they needed like people everywhere, basically. And I was like, I never really thought about that, you know, and now doing business with him, like he's financially really like uh, strong. He's really good with math and everything. Uh And I'm like, that's my weakness. So we're like kind of filling each other in with like the things. So he doesn't like administrative stuff. I'm really good in that, you know, so it's a really good thing that we are doing something together, at least like when i was alone i was like oh you know like sending invoices and stuff like that that was kind of hard for me you know and then with him like he's really good in those things so yeah it's like and and a lot of the mistakes we made in our other businesses we we came here and we started with a business plan first of all okay what's the problem how are we gonna solve the problem what's the competition how are we gonna beat our competition yeah so we started with just the basic stuff to have some kind of knowledge on yeah. you know what this business can bring out to the public here. Mm-hmm. And then we actually wanted to have a purpose with this business, meaning like it's going to benefit us. But how is it going to benefit people that are going to buy our product? Mm-hmm. You know, me, I'm very like old school when it comes to like, you know, dressing. You know, I still we, I still strongly believe that wearing a suit makes the best impression when you walk into a room. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to stick to that. And it shouldn't have to be expensive because a lot of time people, when they think of suits, 
they're like, oh, it's expensive. Yeah. It's because there's only a few big players that people, you know, come to mind when they think of, you know, suits. So we wanted to do something different. And when I told her like, hey, you know, when we do this business, I want to be like mobile, meaning like I want to make sure it's customers are like, you know, they come first. Second, it's at their own time so that they feel valued. They don't have to be rushing to go buy a suit. Mm. So we said, hey, you know, why don't we make something where we go to the client, we bring the fabrics and the lining to them. We take the measurements where they want to meet us home or office. So we want to do everything based on convenience for our clients. So, you know, instead of you going to buy a suit, we come to you where you get to sit in your own comfort, feel comfy to go through everything with us and then buy a suit. On average, our consultations take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half because it's all about the customer. We take their vision, we bring it to life. Then obviously, you know, we ask them like, what is the occasion? So we can give them tips and Mm. tricks on how to make make the best of that occasion. So that way, you know, we go through the consultation, allow the customer to really make their full suit. Love it. And I do want to dive more into kind of that whole process of customizing the suit. But you mentioned something I want to, I want to touch on real quick. So you talked about how with this business, you guys made a business plan. Mm-hmm. So I just want to get your insights on on the importance of a business plan, um, assuming that you didn't do it last time and you did go ahead with it this time. Mm-hmm. What kind of difference that made for you guys having kind of like a roadmap to go off of? Well, I feel like having a business plan is a beginning for every every business because mm-hmm. if it's if it's in your head, you know, you you forget if it's on paper, you do not forget. You just yeah. add on, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a start. So for us, you know, when we started this business, we 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 said, hey, if it's if there's no business plan on paper, we're not beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not spending money to invest in this business without having clients first. You know, we made a lot of mistakes in this business at the beginning stages because you know, you know, everybody you know that approached us that wanted to be our manufacturer and our tailors. Mm-hmm. We had to, you know, obviously believe their word. But then we said, hey, you know what? We're going to test a sample from all of these, you know, companies okay. you know, and then see which one's going to actually meet our expectations. Yeah. yeah. But then when we found the one we wanted to work with, you know, we said, hey, you know, like this is what we're looking for. These are the details. And, and like you have to obey by the details that we give you because I don't want our clients to be disappointed in purchasing a suit from us when, you know, if we show them, you know, a fabric that they see here but they get something different because yeah. i don't want them to wear something that they're not comfortable with mm-hmm. is that a hard process to to find manufacturers and then to know you know which ones are gonna align with with you and your vision and your purpose so the crazy thing about our business is we when we started we just started with our social media she's so good on social media where our manufacturers approached us if we, you know, if we continue the way we were at the beginning, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be where we are today. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the right manufacturer, you know, just messaged us and said, hey, you know, we want to work with you. And, and, you know, we said, hey, like, how can we work together? Can you send us samples? You know what? Two days later, those samples were at our doors. So wow. that kind of showed like, hey, they really want to work with us. And then obviously, you know, we had to do a lot of things, you know, our whole process. We had to explain it to them. Yeah, the whole you know getting the suit made from them, we had to really be on point with our details. You know, every single sentence, like we have to highlight in red if it's important, if it's yellow, or you know, we have to really you know highlight the details so that way they understand that we really want the product to look exactly the way we have it you know described to them. Mm-hmm. You talked about like having a business plan, having a purpose, and so much going into this business. Did you have? a mentor that you would talk to that kind of helped you out? Were there any books or podcasts that you had educated on yourself on that kind of helped you um, with this business and structuring it? You know, honestly, like a lot of the people that mentor, like I would say that are my mentors mm-hmm. are, you know, almost everyone's mentors nowadays, you know, Gary V, yeah. you know, Grant Cardone, yeah. Ed Milet. Uh-huh. So like, you know, I watch all their podcasts, you know, and when they brought on different, you know, business owners, it, you know, it was like a similar start to our business because, you know, you see them successful, but you never see them, you know, digging the trenches like, you know, they did. For sure. So, you know, at the beginning when we started the journey, you know, it was like kind of frustrating, like, oh, man, we're not getting clients. We didn't see our first client for eight months, you know, but then when we saw the first client, then we were like, that's out of the way. Now, 
slowly that client referred another one and mm-hmm. then slowly just started growing based on word of mouth so i said hey those eight months where we were like stressing is basically you know was preparing us for this you know mm-hmm. like you know you don't want to bite more than you can chew yeah what if you know we got too many orders and we couldn't handle it but at least this way every order we got to learn a little from like hey i didn't like this how can we improve it for the next mm-hmm. one or hey this went wrong here how can we improve it so it doesn't happen again so all those orders prepared us to the next orders yeah. that came in that's cool you talked about with your first business how you know you kind of wanted to it was kind of like a, a overnight success that you were going for um whereas this time it was slow it was it sounds like on purpose you guys took things slow so that way you could tweak things and and make it sure it was perfect by the time you know referrals started coming in and you had more customers so it's cool to see that you Mm -hmm. um kind of were were intentional about that and making sure that it was not only successful for you guys but for your customers as well and and the thing is the first business was you know money driven like we want to make money fast this business we wanted to see if we can make an impact Mm -hmm. you know we wanted to start a legacy start something that we can have for generations Mm -hmm. to go that's why we came up with the name gill and co i was like hey you know it's already a last name that's been carried on for generations why don't we can start a company that will continue this going forward and then at the beginning you know with the first business you know we really didn't think of like how are we going to change lives around us with this one we said hey you know if we start making a successful product how can we help others? Mm-hmm. So that's when we were like, hey, you know, we're going to donate a portion from every suit to a local charity. So that way there's other purpose rather than just to make money. Yeah. We want to obviously make sure that the business is growing and successful. But then we are also doing our part and a mission is to like, you know, help local charities. As well. Yeah. And it's really cool. I think like when you are focused more on helping other people and people see that eventually like you will make more money because of that because people are more um, able to support a business or they want to support someone that's giving back to the community Mm -hmm. and and isn't in it all for themselves. Right. That's right. And I think every business should have some sort of a purpose behind them because it's like a fuel to your business. For sure. If you have the drive to do the business with that fuel, it's going to be an extra faster driver. Yeah. Definitely. Well, let's talk a bit more about the the process of, of a customer coming to you and getting to a suit. So you mentioned a bit. So you, you actually go to the customer then? and So the, the process mainly starts, you know, when the customer reaches out to us. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife, Jocelyn, she's the one that handles all the social medias and, the you know, all the appointments that she sets for me. Once the appointment is set, then, you know, we go to the client, whether it's their home, office, or wherever they want to meet us. Okay. Um, and the process begins with, you know, obviously taking about 30 measurements of their body. That way, you know, we make one suit that just fits them, not one suit that fits all. And then we get down to the hard part. The hard part is selecting the colors. We have about 2,000 different fabric colors, you know. We have everything from plain color, designs, you know, and like creative stuff. And then we start with picking out the fabric, the lining, then the stitching color, the sti- uh, the buttons for the suits as well. And then any customization that the customer want, like whether it's they want to put their name on the inside, na- initials outside, even if they want to put pictures of their loved ones on the inside lining, mm. we can print our own linings now. So we then take that image, you know, and then we bring it to life that way. So a customer really isn't just buying a suit, they're actually buying something that means more to them, yeah. have sentimental meaning to yeah. them. That's really cool. What would you say like the most important part of the customization is? Um, I feel like, you know, a lot of customers, they get overwhelmed with a lot of colors. Mm-hmm. But at the end, when they when they wear their suit, it fits them like a glove when they're, you know, we're all done with our process. Yeah. Um, a typical time frame for our suit is anywhere from four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the companies that sell suits, you know, they have their suits laser cut. Ours are hand cut. You know, it's about 70 to 80 hours of work that goes into making a suit, making sure that it fits perfectly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with with us, you know, like once the suit is here, you know, from our manufacturer, then what we do is then we meet one time at our tailor to see if there's any last minute alterations that the customer wants to do. Yeah. Most of the time, you know, if you didn't gain any weight or lost any weight, then the suit's (laughs) ready to go. But if you gained some weight or lost some weight, we can make a lot last minute adjustments. Oh, that's really cool. Um. What all can you customize when it comes to this? So obviously size, and you mentioned different fabrics, different colors. Uh, are there any other things you can do to kind of customize You know, suit? we can customize anything. You name it, we can do it. Um, basically, like if you wanted, like, you know, different color sleeves, we mm-hmm. can put different color sleeves. Wow. Yeah. You know, but 
at the end of the day, you know, we also like this being our business, we also have to give people like the honest truth too. like, you know, if they want a white suit with black sleeves, you know, going to say, hey, you're not going to wear this every day, but we can do it, you know, so it, it's you can customize it to like, you know, whatever you like. But yeah. then we have to give them tips and tricks on how to make it look nice for the occasion. For sure. Yeah, you want it look good, but you want it look good in a good way uh-huh yeah. yeah and i was gonna ask about that if there was like a certain style that you guys prefer or suggest because it it has your you know it's your brand and your name right. on it if someone yeah. just comes up with this weird disastrous suit like yeah. w- what do you do about we, that see the thing is we're all known for our lapels mm-hmm. we do only wide lapels okay and you know we do have our signature color which is the white threading on the lapel here and then also the first button on the sleeve it's always white stitching because cool. our color of the company is white mm-hmm. um other than that, you know, if a customer wants to put their own touch, you know, that's what the, this, this is the reason why we started the yeah. business. We wanted the customer to be able to bring their vision to life. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know, we wanted to help them create it, but give them the chance to actually, you know, create their own designs. Cool. What's been your, uh, your favorite suit that you've customized so far? Oh man, there's so many of them. Um, you know, I, I would say all of them. You know why? Because we have never made the same suit twice. Mm-hmm. You know, so every single client we have had is in a different, unique, you know, style. Um, at the beginning, you know, we, we were just thinking like, hey, you know, it's just going to be for once in a while. I wear, we have clients that wear them to work now. We have clients that wore them to their weddings for photo shoots and stuff like that. So they all were special in some sort of way mm-hmm. just because they were never the same. We have yeah. never done the same suit twice. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. And and you have different colors, but are there different type of fabrics too, or is it like the same same yeah, fabric? Yeah, so we have a lot of cotton fabrics. We do have some polyester fabrics where they're you know a little bit of blend. Uh-huh. Um, the reason why is because they have a lot of designs on it. So yeah. it depends. You know, if some of our jackets, you know, they are some shiny, flashy fabrics that we have. So uh-huh. it all depends. We have silk. We have velvet. velvet we yeah. have cotton. It, whatever the customer wants, we have. But you know, yeah. Cool. Do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? Then call Flamingo Pools today. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. You mentioned customer referrals, and that's been a, a big way that you guys have gotten business. Have you guys done anything else in terms of marketing or advertising to, to get new clients? Um, we try to go to any events possible. Mm-hmm. You know, When we see local entrepreneur events, we try to go to as many as possible. Um, obviously, this is our first podcast, so this is you know a good experience for us as well. Yeah. Um, but we are focusing on doing a lot more in the community because... Um, this kind of business is all about, you know, show, show and tell, you know, so more faces that can see our product is going to how we, you know, get, grow our business. For sure. And I'm sure it helps you can wear your suits around. It's like a, yeah. a free marketing yeah. piece as well. Yeah. You know, the thing sure. is, you know, the thing is like people, like some people find reasons to wear a suit. I wear a suit seven days a week, you know, so <laughs> I, I, I like wearing suits, you know, all the time. Love it. Um, you talked about being able to be affordable because so many people think of, of suits as, as super expensive mm-hmm. to get. What's kind of like the price range? Because like you can look online and find super cheap suits and you can find suits for extremely expensive and then ever in between. So what's kind of like the, the price range that you so, guys are at? You know, there are, you know, suits that are cheaper than our suits. Yeah. But that's the suit that you find off the rack. Mm-hmm. But just remember when you find off the rack it's one size fit all, you know, and then you have to get it tailored down to your size. When it comes to custom suits, it's a suit that's made based on your body structure and also c- colors that you cannot get from the store. Yeah. Um, on typical, our suits range anywhere from seven ninety nine and nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
like I said, you know, it's basically the experience and then also the quality of the product as well. And also sure. the add-ons, like yeah, if yeah. they want to put like the pictures inside, it's like a little bit more. Mm. And then also like if you're adding a vest to it, so it's going to be a three piece, so it's going to be a little bit more. So yeah, yeah. yeah. also the add-ons. Yeah. Cool. Great. Now, I love your, your global influence, right? Yeah. Uh, and when I think of fashion, I, you know, I, I think of Europe. So uh, how, how much has your background being from Amsterdam influenced the design of the suits from Gill & Co.? I would say like um, the fashion in Europe is so much different. So I'm trying to like, um, yeah, help him with like styling the suits. I would say for him, like I'm more like uh, I like slim fitted clothes and mm -hmm. even the pants, like if they are slim fitted from the bottom. So, um, yeah, that's something that I like. And we did it on his suits as well. And like the customers first, they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. But then they see his pants and they're like, oh, actually, I want my pants like yours. And then at the final alterations that we have at our local tailor, they're like, hey, I still want my pants to be more slim fitted, you know. So that's kind of how we are like trying to make it more stylish. Yeah. And that's where that fashion sense comes handy. And, and when I went to Amsterdam, you know, you see a lot of suits out there. You know, everybody's wearing a suit, but hmm. they look so slim in their suits. It's because their suits only fit them. You know, here, a lot of time, you know, we're just focused on just putting something on and not worrying about how much it costs, but we're trying to do it the cheapest way possible. Then, you know, you, you don't, you don't like focus on the details, you know. Our suits, you know, because it's made for like one client that we're, you know, making the suit for, it just makes you look slim, tall, and have all the confidence in the world, right. you know. How, how has COVID impacted your business? Because with everyone staying at home, there's been a big rise in, in Zoom meetings and not, you know, dressing up and going somewhere in person. So there's been a lot less of that. And there's been a big increase I've seen in people just buying, you know, comfortable loungewear sort of clothing. Mm -hmm. So what has that kind of done to, to your business? You know, our... Our business actually grew, you know, last year when COVID hit, yes, you know, we were like, oh, what's, what's going to happen? But the best thing about our business is we don't have a storefront. So we were never am impacted, you know, like closing down our store because mm -hmm. we work from home, from home you yeah. know, but we gained so many clients because there's a lot of our clients that are still going to work. They're still getting married, you know, and then there's clients that have already contacted us because they're getting married in the future. So mm -hmm. we're like, you know what? I don't think Zoom meetings are going to be forever. It's going to be an opportunity for people to like, hey, make the choice. Do you want to work from home or do you still want to go to the office? Yeah. Me, I work twice as much when I'm at an office or, you know, where I'm supposed to be working at home. I do half of the work because there's so much distraction. <laughs> so right now we're, we, we're actually just planning to, you know, for the wedding stuff. Mm -hmm. We are also, also have clients that are, you know, having future dates like, hey, I need a suit for this occasion and that occasion. So... It really didn't impact us, but it was something that was like an eye opener. Like, hey, if this was to ever happen again, we do have to have a backup plan. For sure. For sure. And do you guys have some sort of backup plan in place? Eventually, you know, like we do want to be able to have this done through the the computer. You know, mm -hmm. we want to be able to ha see if we can do orders through automation where people can be at their home and submit all the measurements, pick all the colors and do everything online. And we just take care of it like that. Um, the only reason we like to do it in person right now is because of like, you know, being more convenient and also like making sure the measurements are taken correctly. Cause For sure. Every inch in a suit, you know, it, it's very important, you know, then you'll end up with something that doesn't fit. Right. You're trusting the customer to get the exact right yeah. measurements and then they're upset if it's not, doesn't mm -hmm. fit good. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, tell us a bit about your roles within the business, like what, what you guys do and, and I guess what your strengths are within running the business. I'm more of like the accountant person. Like mm -hmm. I handle all the numbers, sending the, you know, invoices and also, you know, making sure the manufacturer are getting everything. And then I'm the face bit where I meet the clients. I do the consultations okay. and everything like that. When it comes to technology, that's all her. Activity. Yeah. I'm more like the social media person, okay. the person who um, takes the phone calls, makes the appointments and yeah, that's it. I would say. <laughs> How big has social media been for you guys? Um, well, it's growing slowly, I would say. Mm -hmm. I'm not like a, a social media, like a per professional person right. in that. But like, I like to post pictures. I like to have like a clean content of what we are doing. So um, 
Yeah, it's been growing good, like especially now that we are more like into the local community, going to events. So yeah, it's going good. Going back, remember you guys have both worked at a bank and you talked about you handled accounting in the business. Was there anything from your previous jobs um, that you learned working at a bank that's kind of helped in terms of running the finances of the business? For me, yeah, everything that I learned at the bank, I'm applying now, mm-hmm. you know, because I saw struggling businesses, so I saw why they were struggling, you know, and then making sure that when we are doing everything, it's all on paper in Excel sheets, we're saving everything for the future or like at the end of the year stuff. So we're making the extra like five, 10 minute steps now. So that way we have to, it'll save us time at the end. Yeah. And then also you know, when it comes to business, you really need to know your numbers. So like we definitely like we I, I spend a lot of time making sure, you know, like I'm giving a lot of value to our clients, but at the same time, making sure it's sustainable for our business as well. For sure. So for any entrepreneurs listening, what are some good numbers to focus on and look at within your business? Um, I would say basically, you know, obviously taxes are the number one thing. <laughs> you know, I always want to yeah. put that aside. Um, also, like what what the daily expenses are for your business. You got to know what's coming in and what's going out, how you can maximize profit and reduce your expenses, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like for us, you know, we had at one time three different manufacturers. Then we said, hey, you know, we're going to focus on just this one because this one is actually going to be better for the long term so that yeah. way we can only focus on this. And then we, you know, negotiating work like, hey, you know, if we want to just hire you, like you got to give us better prices so we can give those savings to our clients here because nobody's going to buy a suit that's $1,500. Yeah. So it was all about, you know, negotiating prices with our clients. So that way we reduce our expenses. That way we can give those savings back to our clients. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you guys went eight months, was it, without getting a client? So that's a lot of time without, you know, money coming in. Did Were you guys working other jobs? Are you still having other jobs right now? Or what was what was the process so there? So me, I... I I didn't quit my the banking job. I stayed there as long as possible, uh-huh. and and you know even once we started getting sales, I still continued to work there. Yeah, I recently left that job to focus on this full time because now I see the huge the 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 ten year picture I see now in this yeah. business. So I had to make that decision like, hey, is it better for now or is it better for long term? So mm-hmm. I had to quit that job so I can go all in on this one. But while we were growing this one, I didn't I didn't leave my day job. Okay. And for me, I didn't have a job yet because I didn't have my green card yet. Gotcha. So I had to wait. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And to follow up on that, you mentioned earlier that you have some mentors, you know, like uh, Gary Vee and Grant Cardone. And one of the challenges is, is we see super successful entrepreneurs and then we have these great visions of grandeur and, and ease of, yeah, I'm going to own my own business and it's going to be great. I'm going to make all this money. And then you go eight months without a sell. One of the benefits of this podcast is our audience are people just like you that are starting their business and are in the trenches with you. Talk to us a little bit about uh, your mindset during those eight months and what you did to uh, keep the motivation, to keep the hope, to keep the drive going. Because you could have uh, shut your doors after seven months. And we wouldn't be here right now, right? You know, so talk to us about that. You know, with her, like she, I told her, like, hey, you know, when we first started, our Instagram had zero followers, you know, and I told her, hey, you need to continue posting, get the message out there, tell them the story, so that way she continue posting. And me, I just try to go as, like, I remember I used to go to the mall and stand outside waiting for people to leave the mall and be like, hey, you know, this is what I do. You want to take my card? And I would get kicked out of the mall, <laughs> you know, because I was desperate for sales. At the beginning, you know, those those eight months were tough because it was back to like, hey, man, is this another bad business? Is did yeah. we jump into this like the same thing we did at the other business. But in this business, you know, working from home, we weren't really bleeding money out. It was just hard to get the clients to, you know, trust us. Mm-hmm. COVID hitting, you know, we're like, oh, man, this is going to really put us back. But then I was like, you know, what? no, there's still going to be opportunity here. And then. On Instagram is where we got our first sale. You know, customer reached out to us. And we were, we were like, not expecting. We're like, oh, somebody wants a suit? And we're like, oh, this is great. And then we did the consultation, you know. And and that time, you know, we were still trying to figure out our numbers, you know, because we wanted to make sure that we have it priced reasonably. We get our first sale in eight months. But for the first three, four orders, we didn't make no money because the numbers were not right. We were taking a loss. So... But if those sales didn't happen, it would not have helped us, you know, get to the right price point for the business. Mm-hmm. 
but those eight months were very crucial because it 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 just motivated us to just keep going you know that's basically it was there ever a point where you had the conversation is this the right business should we try something else no, no. because she told me she's like hey look this this is gonna be a home run like she's like i know that i believe in the the future of this business not what the present of this business is you know because me you know everybody knows ralph lauren but nobody knows that he used to sell ties out of the pickup truck before he became this big you know so i always you know i always thought of that story like hey he was selling ties out of a pickup truck at a corner and look at the the massive success they had. Yeah. So I know that eventually we will have the success. We just have to keep working harder. Don't get me wrong. Along that time, you know, we, we got our website, got that all going. Then we got like, you know, obviously our LLCs done. We got Instagram, Facebook. You know, we did like Facebook ads, Instagram ads. None of those were really working, but we try to, you know, see what we can do to just, mm -hmm. you know, put more time into the business. And over time, we created like a better process too, because before it was like client tell us, hey, this is a suit we want. Then we said, hey, no, we can't have customer tell us what suit they want. We need to show them what kind of suits that are available, yeah. what styles are available. So we started spending a lot of that eight month educating ourselves on this business because at the beginning we didn't know we were gonna start a company that's gonna be making suits you know i just had an idea like hey i like with my body type i go to the gym so much it's hard to find a suit it either they fit my arm and they didn't fit my body or they fit my body and didn't <laughs> fit my arm yeah it was one of those things so then we slowly started to you know just do better things on paper to prepare us for the future the first eight months we just improved the business without any sales. Once the sales came, we started improving the business based on the sales as well. Hmm. What's the key to knowing whether you do have a home run business that you know you just got to keep keep waiting out and keep pushing, or knowing that hey, like with with the mobile detailing, it's a good thing that you didn't keep pushing on that because yeah. you wouldn't be where you are today. Um, so how do you know the difference of you know I. I put the proper amount of time and effort into it. Um, it just wasn't the right idea. I need to move on versus I need to keep going. I can't give up because I know that this is going to be successful. I think the best answer is passion. Like if you have a passion for your business, then you're not doing it for the money. Yeah. You're going to keep working twice as hard regardless if it's, you know, working or not because you are literally building a business for the long term, not the short term picture. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, you know, you follow these people that have big businesses and you are like, oh, they became successful so fast, but they never tell about the story that they, the journey that they had to go through, you know? So for us, it was our passion. We weren't really doing this for like, you know, money or anything else. We said, Hey, we have a purpose and we have a problem to solve. Yeah. Our problem is making sure that the suit fit all our clients. And our purpose is that we are donating portion of it to the charities that we believe in. Mm -hmm. Love it. You, and you talked about quitting your job, how, you know, you were working for a while. And then you mentioned something about how you realize, you know, maybe short term, yeah, it makes more sense to be at my job. But for the long term, for the 10 year picture, it was going to make more sense to focus all in on the business. What's kind of the deciding factor to know when that time is to kind of jump over? You know, me, I, you know, when you go to your nine to five job, if you're not happy going there every day, that's like your eye opener. For me, I actually... I was on my week of vacation mm -hmm. and my first day off, I just went home and I said, Hey, like, I don't want to go back. And she said, you know, I support you. If you don't want to go back, you don't have to. I went the next day just to say, Hey manager, like, I'm not going to be coming back from this vacation. Just give me a heads up so you can replace me. Yeah. Because I was just so much more happier doing this, my own business than going to a business where those eight hours were just felt like a 24 hour clock. Mm -hmm. You know, now I feel like I have more time in the day to focus on myself us and our business so that way i'm more productive now for sure no that's really cool and it's something we just talked about on one of our recent episodes how one of our guests said that they made a decision to give up you know money initially um to create a better lifestyle for themselves to do something that made them happier and yeah. and they had more time for themselves and for family and for other things like that so do you feel like you were kind of in that same position yeah mainly my health my health was going really bad too mm -hmm. you know i gained so much weight because i worked at the bank and i sat all day <laughs> As soon as I quit my job, I was a little bit more happier. I lost the weight I wanted to lose. You know, we actually been like, we've been actually more happier together since I quit my job than before. Because before 
she would be at home all day and I would be at work all day. I come yeah. home, I sleep and I go back to work the next day again. You know, now we get to spend more time with each mm-hmm. other and we're the best thing is that we both have the same business. Now we work together, we stay together, yeah. we do everything together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so are you guys pretty much together all day working on the business or what's the dynamic there? We, we, we have our, you know, time structure. Like there is times like, Hey, this is date time. Yeah. This is gym time. This is work business, time. Yeah. You know, like when we go out to on our dates, we try not to involve any business. Mm-hmm. We try to focus on each other. And then same thing when we go to the gym, you know, we wear our t-shirts with our business on it. So if somebody asks, you know, we definitely promote, but when it's our own time, we, we try to not work. We just try to be couples. Yeah, know? for sure. And I was going to ask about that, how, because one of the pros and cons of working from home is you're always technically at work when you're home. So how do you kind of just, you know, cut off and say, okay, work is over. I'm still with my business partner, but now we're just, just me. A I'm really bad at that. She <laughs> keeps me in check. You know, hey, we need to do this. Like yeah. yesterday, we had to record some videos. I say, hey, we can just do it tomorrow. She's like, nope, we're gonna do it right now. Yeah. So we had to record our content yesterday. You know, because like she really believes in schedule. You know, like we have to follow our schedule, and then once it's done, then you know, then it's fun time. Yeah. That's why, uh, as I said, mentioned before, like we like fill each other in, I guess, mm-hmm. like in the things like I'm good in other things and he's good in other things. So, yeah, it's I, yeah, it's a good and thing. me. I know I'm bad on social media. <laughs> I cannot do anything on the computer because I don't li- that's not my expertise. Mm-hmm. So I don't step on her toes and let her do her role yeah. while I'm doing my part in the business. So that way we get a lot more accomplished for mm-hmm. sure. What would you say your favorite part about being a business owner has been so far? Um, for me, it's the feedback from customers, you know, like how we make them like, w- like we get to be a part of their special memory. Like when they wear our suit to a wedding, it just feels so much yeah, nicer sure. to a promotion, to an award ceremony. You know, when people say, hey, like, I just, I get so much attention with your suit. I don't like it. I'm like, well, is that your problem? Like, I'm like, that's really good. You know, that's what I want. So that's why we, we make people look good and make, help them make a good impact and also feel more comfortable, you know, feel like they can conquer anything. Yeah. Yeah. And Jaya, same for you or anything else? Yeah. It's just like, it's just such a happy feeling. I would say like when people are actually like saying like, oh, I'm so happy with my Gilenko suit or when they are actually reposting your suit and Uh stuff like that. And I remember like the first time when we had our first customer and those people were like, um, were true customers actually. And they were like really happy. And we were like, oh my God, we did it. Like we completed a whole process and Uh we were like, can you believe it? And he was like, wow, no, actually no. So it was such a great feeling. And now it's going more and more, you know? So yeah, we are just so grateful, you know, for that. And and I never expected, you know, like, like for us, it was a hobby, you know? And I think that was the best way to start a business. Started from a little hobby that you just have fun growing and Mm -hmm. having fun every day. Like, I like working at a bank was good for 40 hours, but working on this 24 seven is just more fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned that uh, your first couple of sales, you lost money yeah. uh, because you didn't have your pricing, right? You didn't know your numbers. Um, any lessons learned from that that you could share with our listeners about what they could do if they're, you know, they're in the beginning stages, they don't know how to price their product. Uh, you don't necessarily want to be working for free, yeah. right? You could, uh, especially depending on the price point, you could get yourself in a lot of hurry because cash is king when you're first starting your business. Any advice that you would give to our listeners on how to get that those numbers right? You, you have to do a lot of research. You know, you literally have to like do research on who's your com- competition, first of all, and then pretend like you're the client and call them. What I did was I made a list of everybody that we're trying to compete with and I called them. Then I showed up to their stores and, and then, then we were like, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to be the cheapest in Arizona. And then we found out that cheap is not always good. You know, (laughs) it's, it's the quality that people pay for. It's, it's the value that you provide, not just because you're cheap. So that's when we were like, you know, we went from like trying to compete with ourselves to now we're trying to compete with the big boys, you know, like. Why can we be the, well, how can we be the next men's warehouse? You know, that kind of stuff. How can we be someone that can, you know, start from small and be big in the long term? But what is it that we need to focus on now? So to, you got to know your pricing, but you need to know the pricing based on your competition, research your competition. And then a lot of it is going to be a trial and error, you know, just make sure you're not wasting money. Like at the beginning stages, 
when we found our manufacturer, instead of ordering one suit, I ordered five from each one of them. So when the suit was wrong, guess what? I had to throw five suits away from one manufacturer. Mm. And at the beginning, I probably had to throw away about 20, 30 suits. Now, that's thousands of dollars that I had to throw away because I made the mistake of not ordering one, not you know, talking to the manufacturer, letting them know like what is that I'm expecting from them. You know, so I made those mistakes at the beginning. So that's why we don't make the mistakes now because we really detail down to every single order that we place and get the suit made for our clients. Well, that's a mistake you won't make again, right? Probably never. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we talked about, you know, what you guys love doing in the business. On the flip side, is there any part of the business, or I guess what would you say is the hardest part um, so far in terms of, of being a business owner and trying to grow a business? So for the hardest part for me would be is, you know, like, being in front of a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, because our product, like people have to see it, they have to feel it, they have to then, you know, because not every day you wake up and say, hey, I'm going to go buy a suit today. You you have to have an occasion for it. So being in front of the right audience is definitely something very, like our weaker side. So that's why we try to do, you know, try to go out and network as much as possible so that way we can be out there. She continues posting every day just to build awareness about the brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk a bit more about the plans for the future. So you mentioned, you know, potentially letting people fill all their measurements online. Any other ideas or thoughts on, you know, what what the plan is for Gill & Co. moving forward? We want to be the one-stop shop for everything Mm -hmm. that's suit-related. So we are working on, like, bow ties and ties, cufflinks, tie clips. We are working on loafers Loafers. as well. So we're trying to do everything custom, though. It's not going to be like, hey, you know, just pick out a pair of shoes and you wear it. No, we're going to let you customize your own loafer too. Wow. So that's why we're spending a lot of our time now developing products that will be like a whole package so that way people don't have to come buy a suit here and then they got to still travel. Go somewhere else to find everything else. That's really cool. And then obviously in terms of letting people order online, um, would, would you then be able to not only be able to help people locally, but more of like on a national scale, let people custom, that's more of the long term. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to like, eventually I would like to see my business in every state, you know, and, and, and that's the only way I'll be able to reach everyone is through the internet. Yeah, gotta love the internet and what it can yeah, do for us. Especially right? nowadays, you know, we all spend a lot of time on social media and on websites. So I feel like our that's gonna be a, something that we have to definitely look into is just getting in front of the right person at the right time and make sure that if they're in another state, that doesn't hold us back from you know fulfilling their request. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Well, love all the advice you guys have shared f- so far. Um, I'm curious, before we start to close up here, if there was one last piece of advice that both of you would have to share for our listeners, what would it be? Um, I would just say go go for it. You know, that's it. Like, if you have a business or that you're passionate about, just go for it. You know, like, don't let someone hold you back. Because I remember at the beginning, I would say, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll just do it tomorrow. And then I wasted a whole month. Yeah. If I did, would have done it right away, you know, would have made a month of like improvement so Mm -hmm. i would just say you know whatever your goals are your dreams if you want to be a business owner or an entrepreneur just go for it that's it yeah i definitely agree with that even if you like ever started a business before and it didn't work out never give up you know if you have another idea just like keep trying you know yeah yeah yeah. and just to touch on that so you mentioned that you have you know experienced times where you maybe procrastinate and haven't gone for it what made the difference or what helped you to kind of go for it um, at certain times rather than the times where you struggled you know, to do me, it? You know me, like I would just look at myself I, and then I always say like, man, I'm in the same place where I was a week ago. Mm-hmm. You know, if I would have started, I would have been a lot, lot farther. Yeah. So I started, you know, looking at my myself and then I will see other businesses that I saw growing, you know, they just took the little baby steps and now they're so far ahead because they continued working. Awesome. As we close up here, we have a quick game we're going to play with you guys. Okay. Um, so how it's going to work is we have a list of 20 questions that we're going to ask you. Um, and you guys have a minute to answer as many of those questions as you can. So okay. it'll just be rapid fire answers. Mm-hmm. We'll see how many you guys can okay. get. Perfect. All right. We will go ahead and get started in three, two, one. Your dream vacation. Um, Bora Bora. First thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars. A Chanel bag. <laughs> Your favorite hobby. Um, tennis. Uh, if there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? Pass. <laughs> a song you've been jamming to. Um, 
Man, I've been listening to a lot of DMX because he passed yeah, up, yeah. passed away. That's why. Gotcha. Um, if you live to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self? The mind. Your favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, pistachio. Favorite fictional character? Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man? Yeah. Uh, favorite smell? Um, roses. What's your nickname? Happy. Uh, pet peeve? Um, slurping. Your favorite restaurant? Um, I love pizza, so it's a real pizza. I miss it. What pizza? A real pizza. A real pizza. Is that a place around here? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it's everywhere. We found one by our house. We had pizza there one time. I think we had pizza three, four times a week. They're from really there. good. Like, like today's like, I don't want to eat pizza. You know, so we've been eating a lot of pizza from there. <laughs> but that's like my favorite food. That's why. Huh. We'll have to check it out. Cool. And pistachio ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, like same here. I love pistachio ice cream. And um, we, whenever we go to Canada, like Vancouver, Canada, we would we drive an hour almost to White Rock Beach just for pistachio ice cream because there's a shop that sells it for the best one yeah. ever. Wow. Have to check that I out. I so go to Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pistachio <laughs> ice cream for sure. Love it. Uh, well, Harbor Jazz, thank you guys so much for coming on today. We've really enjoyed hearing about you, your story, um, in the business, and what you guys are, are doing. And your passion is is awesome. Yeah, um, inspiring. Yeah. Inspiring. Thank you. As we're closing up here, why don't you let our listeners know where they can connect with you, where they can find more about you in the business? Yeah, so um, you can find us on Instagram, Gil and Co. Um, dash, and um, we also have our own website, uh, gilandco.com. And about the promotion. And and if any of the listeners, you know, they mention um, local hustlers, you know, we'll definitely give them $100 off on all their suit orders. Awesome. Love it. Well, uh, there'll be a picture going up on this as well so people can see the suit you're wearing. They can or check out your, your like social... Looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they'll be able to check out your social media account and see some of the, the fresh suits you guys have there. So, uh, yeah, once again, thank you for sharing your inspiring story. It's been a thank pleasure you. to have you guys on. Thank you for having us. For sure. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, if you or someone you know is an entrepreneur in the East Valley, we'd love to have you on the show. Please get in touch with us by emailing us at localhustlerspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at localhustlerspodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest news and updates. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing and helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small businesses grow. Thanks, guys.